on the podcast today, we're going to speak about why Taoism is a path of amorality and why it is actually in opposition to morality itself. And so a lot of people get this confused, right? Like because even recently, a guy who runs a famous Taoist page, Taoist page in air quotes, said to me about one of my videos, the cannibal thief who ate Confucius's liver, it's a bit violent, isn't it? <laughs> and it's like, that's a Confucian response. And you're not seeing beneath the veneer of that story. You're, not, you're judging a book by its cover. You know, to look at the Robert Joe story, obviously, it's a parody. It's not, actual, not an actual event. It's making humor and making light of how uptight and moralistic and also that uh, that person's reaction shows how much uh, he is conditioned to react like that to, and to perceive things uh, way based on morality. Exactly. And him being a Westerner, he's conditioned with Christian morality, right? So we have to keep that in mind that most of the morality in the West is based on Christian morality. And if we look at Taoism itself, Taoism itself is amoral. And a lot of people think that amorality means it's immoral, but that's not true. Because as Lao Tzu would say, morality leads to immorality. <laughs> you know? So when you create morality, you instantly create bad people. The opposite, you create bad people. And that's why in the Tao Te Ching, it says when you create beautiful, you create its opposite, you create ugly. When you create good, you create bad. Now, if we look at it from the Taoist perspective, we are all fundamentally good. We're innately good. We don't need to cultivate to become good. We don't need social standards to be good or, or a belief system to be good. It's diametrically opposed to all of that because it's a natural methodology. And that's what people don't understand. They think that, well, some people probably think that nature itself has some sort of form of morality, but it doesn't. The morality in nature, if, we, if we're going to say it has um, some sort of morality is just the way that Mencius would say that, and also the way that Lao Tzu would say that those natural feelings we have towards a situation. So, you know, using the boy in the well situation where the boy goes to fall into a well, we all naturally have a feeling to, you know, we ought to save that boy and we don't think about ourselves in that moment, yeah. you know. So that's, a, that's just the natural way, that's the natural law in in nature, right? And when we all have that deep within us. But what warps that is this socialization we go through and this sense of ethics and morality that are superimposed on us that, that are supposed to define, you know, a person, a, a superior person or a, or a gentleman. Yeah. Yes, in the Far East and Asia, in ancient Far East and Asian, is especially in China, yeah. the, the, Confucius uh, created this model of ideal society, mm. which is uh, consists of um, ideal gentlemen, human being, right? Mm. And that model of society and that model of um, gentlemen is based on what uh, Zhuangzi would say: is it's it's almost mission impossible. That's impossible. Uh, to even achieve in the society, in ideal society. That's why it only stays as ideal mm. uh, model yes. of society and, and a human being, right? Mm. Because it, there's too many um, 
things that you need to follow. You need to act certain way. You need to um, dress up certain way. You need to also um, use a right uh, verbal language and whatnot. Mm. And too many things comes in. So what what that does is to establish who you appear in in front of other people around you mm. first mm. before you cultivate good um, inner inner self, mm. right? Mm. So that that's to more so establish identity first comes mm. in. Becoming somebody first, then cultivate <laughs> inner world, right? Yeah. Because it's very superficial-based mm. society, mm. which is... Um, what Confucius said is moral. Yeah, mm. and that's part of the crux of the problem, right? So if we, even if we look at modern society or if we look at the last few thousand years, if we look at Christian uh, morality, you have Jesus as this inhumane standard for people to live up to. So to be completely pure of sin and this and that, which actually there's a lot of things that, according to the Bible and, and Christianity, what, what we would call like sin, but there's, it's just natural human inclinations for people, right? And so that begins to develop a, a, some sort of like psychopathy within, a pathology within that individual because they're trying to live up to an impossible standard that's been, that's been set by a group of people that this is who we should live up to be and if you can't live up to that standard, you are going to go to hell. Or, you know, something will, you know, negative will happen to you because mm. you're not living up to the standard. Your life will not be blessed. And so everyone then begins to try and, as you said, create this identity to fall in line with a certain mm. belief structure. Mm. And then the the good and the, the, you know, the good will be cultivated. And so you have this set standard of, of who you should be. And then once you've developed this identity, like this, like you said, it's a superficial identity, obviously, and then you begin to come in harmony with whatever the belief system tells you to be. But as we see with, especially with uh, Christianity and this and that, it, it doesn't contribute to the health and sanity of all people. It may benefit some people, but it doesn't contribute to the health and sanity of all people. Yeah, when you mentioned that um, the sin in, in, in Christianity, mm. that sinful act, what they uh, they say, the sinful act in Christianity is that something actually against our human nature, mm. right? Mm. That's where the conflict happens within yes. the human being. Yes. Like a certain act is regarded as sinful act mm. under Christianity, so that you go against that so you're almost going against your own nature right so that is to cause a lot of mental health problem and also biological problem Mm -hmm. right that's why um there might be a lot of um i don't know psychological issues Mm -hmm. within Mm -hmm. and those people and that is to also say like a lot of sexual um Instinctual, it's instinctual desires, right? Yeah, of course. And that's just a uh, part of nature. Yeah. Part as a species, as a human being, in part yeah. of nature, yeah. and that's just something naturally arise, which we we can't really control, right? No. But that also goes under a sinful act at certain 
circumstance, right? Mm. So that they label it as a like a evil act, <laughs> and that is to cause a, a lot of problem within ourselves. Of course, and so when they set a mandate like that, you're, you're naturally going to create that friction within people, and you can't fight nature. You can't fight nature. For example, <clears throat> for thousands of years, homosexuals have been condemned by society, even though there has always been gay and lesbian people throughout, all throughout history. Some cultures embrace them more than others. You and I have lived in Asia a lot. They are embraced in a lot of places such as Thailand. Not even embraced, they're just part of the fabric. But there's an understanding, especially in Buddhist cultures, that that's just... There are people like that. And it's, not, and it's not that that's evil or bad. It's just the way things are. Be, because people just don't even have any concept mm. of uh, like men should be men mm. forever or yeah. women should be women forever. They mm. don't have such uh, concrete concept mm. in that society, in those mm. society. So that someone uh, come up, some male person come up and you know be, wanna become a lady, transgender, transgender, and mm. um, and people have no such reaction whatsoever. Oh, that's what that individual mm. wants to be, um, and like then you basically have no say, right? Because mm. you don't come up with an agenda mm. to be against that individual. Yeah. Well, f well, see, this is a big problem in the West, right? Sexual orientation is such a big focus. Whereas when you go into Eastern cultures, sexual orientation is way down the list. Enlightenment's the highest, you know what I mean? And being in harmony with the world and society is obviously, you, you, you are in harmony with society in that when you are enlightened. But things like sexual orientation, it's not, they're way down the list. And this is why certain uh, spiritual paths, especially in, in, in Asia, got uh, warped by Western thinking, because Western thinking is so focused on sexual orientation. So for example, if we look at Tantra, Tantra was warped to, to be molded towards something that has something to do with sex, mm. which it doesn't. It's completely different. It's talking about the, 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 the two universal principles that flow within all of us, not something to do with feminine and masculine in the physical sense. That's part of Tantra. Yeah, yeah. That's just being part of Tantra. That is not that's Tantra. not Tantra, no, yeah. of course. Mm. And so that's what happens, right? There's a sexual orientation. There's such, such a <clears throat> focus on sexual orientation in the West. And that is uh, infused in their religions, mm. such as Christianity, Islam, Judaism. And so when things like uh, homosexuality come about, then that's thought of as that's outside the spectrum of natural law, even though within those homosexuals, that's their, their sexual inclination. And to fight that is actually ridiculous. You know, so that's... What's, what has happened for thousands of years within especially the Abrahamic faiths is that there has been individuals who have unfortunately taken their own life in this and that because they do want to believe in the religion, but they're constantly told by their religion that their, their way of uh, feeling and their sexual orientation is, is sinful and against the way of nature. And it's not. This is where we've got to bring in the concept of Li and, and Taoism because Li in Taoism is like an organic pattern and nature has an organic pattern and that is part of an organic pattern, right? So homosexuality is an organic pattern that flows through or is imprinted on an individual and that's just their sexual orientation. There's nothing more to even think about there. 
And so this is this really uh, brings to the forefront how ridiculous actually morality is because what we've seen over the last few thousand years is society is starting to become more accepting of people like homosexuals and, and you know, transgender and all, and different uh, ideas and, and groups of people. And especially the Abrahamic faiths are trying to keep up and, and they've got their own PR uh, scheme going on, like, because especially when, when we see Pope Francis now, right? Like he, the Catholic Church has become more accepting of gay, mm-hmm. gay lesbian and, and transgender people. But if we went just back 20 years ago, not only 20 years ago, 10 years ago, they're not accepted and, and it is sinful. But And I think that a lot of people still within uh, Christianity would still stink that because that's the older morality that Christianity was promoting. But it doesn't match up with, with the society in the modern world. The nature always changes, mm. right? Mm. And the organic pattern in Taoism that Li is based on the changes of, of nature. Mm-hmm. And that's when uh, morality creates a fr- a friction yeah. with the, what's happening the around. The way things are. Well, yes, the way things are. Because the way things are, what's happening around the world is, is just, just like nature, mm-hmm. whether that's society, whether, whether that's a human behavior, whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever that might be, it always changes because our mentality changes we we are evolutionary uh, species so that mm. everything is change mm. but morality itself is based on strong identity mm. and that's very concrete concept as well so that concrete concept is of course opposed to change of nature yes. that's when uh, yeah, morality itself has a problem mm. with that that's why that well pope had realized that it had to take, he had to ch- change his uh, position mm. for um, for the world and to find a position uh, as a in Catholicism mm-hmm. in the world, mm-hmm. right? So that's the biggest uh, problem lies with the morality. It, it, it's just not changeable. Like. And who knows if he's genuine about that? Too. No, well, yeah, that's it. True. Could be just a political political reason. Yeah, reason. Mm. And even if we look at it from a Taoist perspective, like, you know, if we look at the river analogy, if you're fighting the river of what nature, where nature is going, then you will drown or you will suffer greatly in trying to fight the current. And that's kind of what's happened with a lot of, especially Western religions. They've tried to uh, essentially hold their position, hold their moral position, but nature is constantly pressing up against them. And... They are well. If we look at the the decrease in the numbers in Christianity in the last hundred to two hundred years, then they're they're trying to hold on to their survival. Mm. So if they don't change and adapt, then you know people with modern intelligence can't accept an older moral disposition. You know because their morality was based on a culture and a people thousands of years ago doesn't match now. Yeah. And this is why Eastern spirituality, and I have no problem in saying this, but this is why Eastern spirituality always trumps Western religions because it doesn't have a set... I mean, we can look at Hinduism. It does have some set values and so forth and so on. But if we look at... Especially, well, if we look at Hindu culture, 
homosexuality has always been embraced. And that's why you see in like some of the architecture and this and that all around the world. I mean, I know that they haven't uh, taken on board homosexuality within the society that well, but the it's always been a part of the the culture. You know, you go to you go to Majorai and you go to some of the temples and you see uh, homosexual iconography and, and so forth and so on. But and you know, in, in talking about especially Taoism is that and and also buddhism as well all three of them you could say is that they're they're following a natural way that there's not a set standard of how life should be or a set moral perspective of how life should be because life invariably changes as you as you mentioned invariably changes and and will continue to change and if you don't move with that nature then you fall out of accord and so Taoism itself is about following the way of nature about aligning with it and moving with it and that's where you gain the duh right that's where you gain the virtue because you the Tao's power becomes your power because you're just naturally moving with it and as a society if we did that then that would bring about what we would what we would call in Taoism a social virtue there would be a social virtue or a communal virtue where we would be moving in that direction but what do we have because of the indoctrination of morality that has been inculcated into most of us, is that even the people who are fighting uh, injustice and so forth and so on, they have a strong sense of morality and belief and agendas of what they think should be the way, and so they're in conflict with the older way. So they're both wrong, you see? They're both wrong. It's as if uh, they're in competition. Who's more moral? Yeah, who's more right? moral, yeah. But... The morality itself is um, man-made. Man-made, yes. It's artificial concept that you made it as a concrete agenda mm. for yourself mm. to defend your own opinion or whatever mm. you have. And that is just meant to, meant to come to friction yeah. with uh, one or one and with one another. Yeah. It can only be that way. Yeah. You know, that's why the, there's a, you know, there's a growing, well, it's, it's such a, it's a minority, right? When we look at social justice warriors, I know, see the media, they highlight social justice warriors, but they're such a small fragment of society. And so usually the smaller groups are usually the loudest groups in the world, but, but they themselves are, 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 an aspect of violence because they're fighting a system or fighting a, 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 an older set of morality that they don't agree with. But they have their own sense of morality. And usually, and this is where we get into like, you know, left versus right, you know, political slants and, and liberal versus conservative and all of this rubbish, which is actually from a distance, it's just, it's just nonsense. It's again, you're creating opposition, you know, so if you look at it from the Dow's perspective, if you have left, if you, I kind of don't even know which one. <laughs> if you have left, then you have to have right. That's why there are those two branches of uh, those two ways of thinking mm-hmm. about the world, you know, from a political perspective. But but in reality, there is no separation between left and right. There is all part of the same thing. Part of the same thing. You're mm-hmm. creating an artificial separation. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the things it's hard to fathom with, especially with mm-hmm. politics and the way that 
people are politically thinking, all of these social justice worries and all these people, you know, on, on the other spectrum of social justice worries, is that people think that there is a universal conservative way of thinking and a universal liberal way of thinking and that's nonsense when you unpack your own life and you understand your own mind you will notice that you are conservative in some areas of your life mm -hmm. but also liberal in your thinking in other areas it's not like one or the other, one or the other. Mm -hmm. and see that's a western mentality where you have the category and objects perspective where we have to have a category for this to make sense of it and it's like no no, no but the reality is lucid it's not like it's not set it's not compartmentalized. And that's how Westerners think. And that's sadly moving into the East, especially in India and places like that, where you have this uh, East-West dichotomy going on. But it doesn't, it doesn't really exist, you know what I mean? You just, you've identified with a political mentality that you think reflects who you are. And it doesn't because your sentiment will change, you know? And the world had, be, had become much more individualistic than ever, mm. I think. Mm. And because of that reason, and also because of the social media platforms being developed nowadays, so that I think uh, many of us feel that we have a voice, right? Mm. Well, we do have voice, of course. But we have voice in a sense to influence other people. Mm. And that your voice... And your own agenda is as if more moral than others mm. or <laughs> superior than others. Mm. And they become very loud. Mm. And that creates so much conflict. Mm. It's very undoubtless, right? Yeah. It's, you're not allowing life to happen. You're not following the way. You're just trying to force your perspective mm. through loudness and through uh, being rude trolling people you know you see it online right you see these social justice warriors online trolling people on twitter and this and that and it's, and it's so immature like it's i don't because i don't understand that you know what i mean i'm too old school when i see that i think like that's something i would do when i was five <laughs> seriously like it's something you do when you're five right you if you, fighting over just yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 fighting over petty little things yeah. like it's so hard to fathom that these are supposed to be mature adults who are doing this? It's almost like, yeah, the mm, it's nothing to do with them being moral at all. No, it's almost like they just want to win the argument. Yes, that's what it comes down. That's to. what it comes down to. Yeah, it's about saving face. It's see, it's individualistic, right? Mm -hmm. You're trying to save face. You're trying to get your perspective across, save face, and yeah, so that you you look the best and you look the most moral and you look. Yeah. It's all virtue signaling, you know. You're trying, you're signaling your so-called virtue to the world. Like, look, see, I won the argument. I've proven my point, and so forth and so on. And it's like, what? Like, that's not the case at all. Yeah, that's that's just such childish behavior. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then you you create double standards. See, the thing is, the loudest create double standards. So the social justice warriors and the people protesting and this and that, they're so loud that they will create double standards. And then other people then are fearful to speak the truth because the media in that, for whatever reason, highlight the, the minority, mm. which makes other people afraid of speaking their own mind. This is why someone like, for example, Jordan Peterson was criticized a lot when he came out and spoke his mind. You don't have to agree with Jordan Peterson. We have the right to not agree. Mm. But 
to not accept that he makes some sense means you are in the dark. Mm. You know, you're in the dark and you've got your head in the sand about a lot of issues. And you've created a standard that creates its own double standard, you know. So, and you see this a lot, right? Mm. You see this a lot in the world. We've been trying, you know, there's been the, the fight for injustice, right, all around the world, no matter whether it's racism or sexism or, or what have you. But then what people often do is they create a double standard with that. They create something where something is, ex- one way of thinking is acceptable, but the other way is not acceptable. So how can you ever come to an understanding? And, and how can you ever understand other people's opinions if you're creating that set of rules and regulations? Yeah. This is why in the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu would say, renounce wisdom, renounce morality, and people will rediscover filial piety and love. You know, instead of trying to impose a law of this is how filial piety works, or this is how, this is how universal love works, or this is how understanding and tolerance works, you need to renounce all that and realize that it's those standards can't produce what they're trying to produce you know they can't and so that's what Lauter understood he understood that if you have a moral disposition then that creates instantly its opposite mm-hmm. it creates its opposite yeah. and you see this a lot in the world today where people are so invested in like fighting against a certain cause but it's ironic because what people don't understand is is in fighting against certain causes you are creating monsters in the other spectrum. The the very act that you are trying to impose your own sense of morality is exactly what you're creating, something that you were to prevent hmm. from the start. Yes. Yeah. So it's uh, that's something that people are very blind. Very blind about, about yeah. yeah. That's a good point because mm-hmm. you, you're fighting you're fighting for something. But that's what you're creating. But you're creating it. Yeah. And that's the truth, right? Yeah. That's the truth. And we see that. So, for example, we know that when, we're, when we are teenagers, right? And we have all been, likely who are listening and watching this podcast, we've all been teenagers. Mm-hmm. And so when society or a, or a religious system or what have you puts an impossible moral structure upon you, you instantly rebel. And it's not that... You want to, but it's just because they've planted a seed that something is bad. Yeah. But you instantly you're inquisitive because we're humans yeah, and we have a mind. You're curious. Mind. You're right? curious. Mm. My mum was telling me, and she was a smoker. Make sure you never smoke and this and that. And look, when I was twelve and that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was twelve, you know what I mean? Like twelve, you know. And once I'm fifteen, I'm, <laughs> what's going on? You know. <laughs> and then when mum found out, I was. Because I, I used to smoke back then for all that. Listen, I smoked for a while from my uh, mid-teens to uh, mid-twenties. Obviously not not to the benefit of my health, but um, cigarettes here too, smoking cigarettes. And then so instantly when it was put upon me, I instantly went out and, and wanted to try. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm going to give it a crack. Like what's so, what's so evil or bad about mm-hmm. this? And that's naturally... Uh, our reaction and actually that's our reaction even in adulthood to certain things or or you shouldn't don't don't look around that corner instantly you tell someone don't look around that corner everyone's like what's there wonder wonder what's there like what's this guy paranoid about (laughs) and so that's what that's what happens right that's just that's that's nature that's nature nature is inquisitive 
Nature is, is curious about That's right. about life. Mm. And see, you're making cigarettes evil. Mm. Now, we, now, are cigarettes bad for your health? Yes. Are they evil? No. Don't confuse the two. Like evil doesn't, see, evil in, in itself doesn't exist. We just equate evil with whatever is usually unnatural or what is unhealthy or what is to the detriment of someone's life. But is it evil? And it's not evil. Evil is a Western concept. And so instantly when you're making it evil, then you're going you're gonna to make people interested in, in whatever it is. So you see that, you know, we see that with, especially with Abrahamic religions where, you know, people are, say, say if they are a homosexual, in, intrinsically, they are, their orientation is homosexuality. But the, the religions tell them, don't do that, don't do this. They're still going to, you know, that's going to even make them, but, but their inclination is that anyway, mm. you know, so they're going to do that regardless. Yeah. So religions like that will tell you in similar vein, you know, don't drink and don't do this and don't do that. And then you've got people out, in, out on the piss all night, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and so you're creating, in creating a rule and a regulation, you're creating the opposite to that, or you're creating people who want to run counter to that. And this is why, and you and I talk about this privately all the time, is this is why a lot of Westerners especially love living in Asia. And it's one of the, well, not one of the, there's so many reasons why you and I love living in Asia, but when you go to somewhere like India, Thailand, Myanmar, Vietnam, wherever, specifically in South Asia or Southeast Asia, rules and regulations are laxed, right? Like there's, it's not as uptight as Western culture. And so when Westerners go, they're like, oh, like your shoulders, mm. you have a feeling in your, even in your body that you've never had mm. where the rules and regulations are not even that uptight. It's a very interesting thing is that we get to experience that like a nervous system somehow knows. Knows, yeah. That you can relax now. Yeah, you can relax now. Like, yeah. and you will feel at ease as you never felt that sort of ease in your life, mm. right? And yeah, there's nothing to really think about. And even like um, uh, little things, as they take it as a just a social etiquette, people are so civil, so that they don't need to be told. No what you should be doing and what you should not be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's very um, um, very gentle people and they're not uptight at all, but they know how to deal with one another. Yeah. And very uh, just, yeah, gentleman type of people. Mm -hmm. Very Manner is very good. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's look at Thailand, right? Like when everyone that goes to Thailand goes, will say, Oh, the people are amazing, mm. you know, always happy and so polite mm. and this and that. Yeah, because their rules and regulations are not choking them mm. so they can't breathe. So the morality and the rules and the regulations and the ethics we create in the West is choking us to death because they, they are some, in some sense standards that most people can't live up to. Mm. And somebody like Thailand understands that... They have certain rules and regulations, right? But they're not so, like, they're not so concrete. You know, you can kind of poke a little hole in them every now and again. Like, mm -hmm. you can talk your way out of a speeding ticket. And, you know, if you get talking to the police officer, he'll like, ah, 
just watch yourself, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there, there were things like this. You know, you can, if there's a road here and you need to get just to here, but you're on a big highway, just to turn into this street, you can ride backwards on the road and on the side of the thing. And, and if a police officer sees you, it's just like, you know, you move along, move along. You know, so it's, but if you did that in the West, if you were driving, riding the wrong way, on the highway just for a little bit i mean you are fi- and nowadays the cameras everywhere and cameras everywhere you I mean you are finished you know what i mean so so it's it's just amazing because the not having that so tight structure loosens the people's hearts and minds and allows them just to be genuine because mm-hmm. someone like thailand understands that not everyone is the same so to have impossible standards to live up to is actually not fair in a sense because mm. everyone psychologically, physically are not the same. Mm. They're not. But some stiff in a tie has created a society with rules and regulations and a certain moral ethics that we're all supposed to live up to based on their opinion of how it should be. But they weren't thinking about the guy in Fortitude Valley in Brisbane, for example, who's doing it tough. Or they weren't thinking about the the homeless people in Los Angeles. They didn't have these people in mind. They didn't have these people in mind, you know what I mean? More we have uh, rules and regulations, I think we more get to abandon the people who are different. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And that is to say uh, that how much society or government in general don't trust people mm. don't trust their own people in their country right yeah. therefore this uh, endless cycle keeps going on mm. more rules and regulations right <laughs> and they change the rules and regulations yeah. every time yeah. and you don't know what to follow and then you need to research for your own for yourself but then there's tons of different things to look at mm-hmm. and all the languages that our lawyers would use we have no idea right mm-hmm. And more rules and regulations there are, more we don't trust people, more we don't trust government and society. Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. But, yeah, for example, like Thailand, there is no such strong rules and regulations because they all behave themselves. Mm, mm, yeah. And they, they trust one another. Mm. They live in harmony in community and they help each other. Mm without the think of getting something out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's actually uh, that story that um, Confucius and uh, Lata's conversation, mm. they call, uh, well, the Zhuangzi wrote this. Yeah, right? of course. Yeah. Um, imaginary um, dialogue. dialogue yeah. yes. And then Confucius come up to Lata talking about charity. He wanted to discuss about the charity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a charity is such a good idea to help one another and we help people who are in a uh, poor situation and they need help and you know and, and who are lacking a lot of things and we can go and help out these people make their situation better and mm. whatnot. But then Lao to just scoff at him. Mm. <laughs> what what charity are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. When it needs to rain, it rains. Mm. When um, the sun needs to come up, sun will come up. Mm. And so the, the nature, the world itself is just functioning just, just fine. Yeah. Right? So that's to show the Confucius that how much he himself in that dialogue thought that is a right thing to be doing. Yeah. And, what, and that's over a sense of control, right? Yeah, yeah, it is control. And the control is based on not trusting. Yes. Yeah. 
well, and one of Lao Tzu's points is that in in Confucius creating all of this uh, rules and regulations and and so forth and so on, that's why there's a need for charity and duty and universal love. And Lao Tzu saying, if you had never created any of this, you idiot, then we wouldn't have to be talking about charity and duty and so forth and so on, because this, like you said, the sun comes up in the morning, the stars. They, they're doing the same thing every day. What makes human beings special? Why should human beings have to control nature and control each other? That's one of the main points of Taoism, right? And one side effect with the charity is that because people are doing, yeah, they do good work, charity work, mm. but that gives you a certain sense of identity that they are doing good things, I'm a good yeah. person. Yeah, it's moral-based. Yeah, and they act out of that place mm. and they judge themselves mm. from that place mm. which is a little bit cringe yeah a bit me. cringy yeah, yeah. Mm. whereas you would help other people because that's what people do yeah of course yeah well that would be completely Lao's perspective right mm-hmm. charity without think of that charity yeah you just do it because that is just right thing to be doing yeah it's not something that you need to label it as if that's a good thing. You are doing good deed. Because people are trying to be pious, see? They're trying to live up to a, a standard of being vir- virtuous. No. You know, like, in especially, like, spiritual paths, like Christianity, Confucianism, so forth and so on, they create these standards. Mm. And that's when then you get, like you said, the cringy people who are on Instagram giving food to a beggar, like, <laughs> look oh. at me look what i'm doing it's virtue signaling it's virtue signaling it's not from the heart yeah it's not from the heart mm. and louts is like you don't need rules and that to help each other actually the rules in that keep you actually more separate from each other the morality keeps you more separate you see because like you said you're creating an identity you're creating self-interest you're creating separation between one it, another. It naturally abandons people who, let's say, don't participate in charity. Yeah. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're not doing good deed. They're not, they're, they don't have a good heart. They don't have a good like, heart. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. not the way. There's just people are in different circumstances. Yeah. You need to see it that way. People are in different circumstances and have different life situations. Mm. That's, that's it. Yeah. There's nothing more to look at. Mm. But again, you raise a good point because you're creating a, a, a separation between those who, are, who, are, who support charity and those who don't, as if the ones who don't are bad. And that's not true. Mm. You know? yeah. Like you said, mm. there's a large portion of people who, who, who do support charities who mm. are just virtue signaling. Look at most of the billionaires and this and that. They don't really have a vested interest. It is great that they do contribute money and this and that but they just they're kind of like ticking boxes yeah they don't go out there and get their hands dirty without the cameras that's right you know you've worked at mother house in in calcutta how many selfless people go there without this is pre social media when you were working there you're not there going (laughs) i had no phone no mobile phone you still don't have one (laughs) basically yes i don't so you know, like that, you're doing it because that's what is needed. Mm. That's what just has to be done. Mm. That's what Lao's point is. Like, if you see someone on the on the on on side of the road and they're a bit hungry, and you have a 
So if you have a chocolate pie, you just, you know, I don't need it, I just had lunch. That's it, and you mm. just keep going. Mm. Or if you have a chat or something, I don't know. Mm. But it's nothing more to think about. Yeah. See, there's not, a, there's, not a, there's not a standard of morality that you need to live up to. Mm. You're in sync with nature. You know, you see animals acting that right way, right? You see one animal that uh, may not have food or so forth and so on, and then you've, there's situ- situations where another animal will come yeah. over and, and give it some food because, yeah. it, because it's not as maybe physically built and it can't protect itself as much. But there's an intrinsic, there is that intrinsic lee within everything that knows that, oh, look, that animal needs something as well, you know, just give them a little bit of dog meat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not to say that there isn't competition in nature. Of course there is, but there is that as well. There is mm-hmm. that fundamental goodness there and the problem with our, with the human mind is we've taken that fundamental goodness and we've put that up on a pedestal yeah. and anything that falls out of a line with that mm. we say is evil and bad and we condemn it and then you, so you set up a, a standard, standard a standard and mm. we can't live up standards and labels are not natural and like I know that you and I harp on about this within the podcast all the time, but if you're following, especially Taoism, you can't you can't follow standards and labels, and you also can't be a moralistic person mm. if you're going to follow Taoism, mm. because the Taoist sage is not touched by the drama of the world. Yeah, they follow the way, but it doesn't mean they're not generous and they're not yeah. and they and they don't care. Yeah. they know that if they contribute to this artificial illusion of impartiality that that's only going to contribute to more conflict and, and mm. down the line mm. your in some sense your actions especially in that regard have such a significant effect because you're you're kind of contributing to the drama right you're yeah. you're adding fuel to the fire yeah. and we don't know we don't need more, no more fuel on the fire mm. and so if see this is what you know irks me like i mentioned earlier mm. about that individual who runs that Taoist page um, is that Taoism's not really well understood because it because of the, the way China kind of went with with Mao with Maoism and with Confucian uh, with communism mm. the fundamental principles and understanding and and the deeper meaning of Taoism was kind of lost. You know, so the understandings of the Zhuangzi text and the Tao Te Ching were kind of then overlaid into, like, let's say, certain moral ethics, and and were kind of brought in line with, in some sense, with Buddhist ideas and that as well. But even though that there may be Buddhist elements within certain elements of Taoism, they are still two uh, opposed paths in some sense, especially when we when we talk about morality. You know, because there's no sort of set, you know, the, the way, the Tao, is about just following the way of nature. You don't have to be vegetarian. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything. You have to understand the way. You have to understand, you have to come into alignment with the way of the universe. And that's a path of letting go and also letting go of morality, letting go of your sense of self and allowing that. And if that means that you're going to take up a job in a soup kitchen... That is what the Tao will determine for you. You will be in a situation that you'll end up in a soup kitchen working for the homeless people. And that's all good. Yeah. But don't 
start to associate that with being pious mm -hmm. and that you're more moral than a guy in a pub on a Friday night mm -hmm. getting smashed. That's, that's the difference, right? Like Lao Tzu would say, yeah, we still need to go in the pub getting smashed. It's just nature. Mm. That's always going to be that way. Don't try to change it. See, the problems happen when you try to change it. People get annoyed when you're trying to change the way they are. Mm. We mentioned homosexuals earlier. They get annoyed when you're trying to impose them. No, you should be heterosexual. It's like, they're not heterosexual, man. Let's leave them alone. Mm. Let's let them live their life. Yeah. And that's Lao Tzu's point. Instantly when you're trying to interfere with life, you're causing conflict. You're co yeah, the, again, the morality creates such hypocritical individuals yes. and dishonest and fraud um, personalities. Mm, yeah. mm, mm. Because, again, like, once you are told what not to do, you want to be doing, right? <laughs> but because of moral morals that you want to follow, mm. you want to go to that go to the path with mor morals, mm. but you still want to have that, you know, want to taste it, like what it's like to be not moral, right? Mm, yeah, like go sure. against the morals, mm, right? Mm, mm. So naturally, it, it creates conflict within yourself, and that leads to hypocrisy, right? Yes. And that, that's what we see around the world. Uh, again, with the, this political correctness, correctness, people the same. Like people, they want to be pious and moral, but what they're actually doing is uh, not very moral. No, it's immoral. Yeah, immoral. It's immoral. That's right. Yeah. What they're actually doing is very immoral actions. Yeah. Which, that's something, I guess it's a big blind spot, but they need to come to realization that that's what they're actually doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. political correctness is, is, the, is a response of people that are trying to live up to an impossible standard. Mm. So all of the social justice worries in the world and all of these people who are so pious that everyone else is just a grub, They've identified that this world, right, that has happened with all of its, um, all of the climate changes happened, all of the mistakes that people have made in the past and so forth and so on. We're just going to go in the complete opposite direction and we're going to highlight how stupid they are. But we're going to do it in a way where we're so, you know, we speak a certain way and we will cancel anyone who falls out of accord with that. That's what that's the beginning of cancel culture, right? Political mm -hmm. correctness created cancel culture. Where if you say anything, like, you know, for how many times have you seen on Twitter, someone might say something, and next minute, they're cancelled. I don't even know what that really means. Do you, like, I want to ask some of the social justice warriors, do you want that individual to actually just die and, mm -hmm. and go away? Like, you... Mm -hmm. And maybe they would say yes. That's a pretty sick mind, It's though. a sick mind, mm -hmm. yeah. It's a sick mind. Mm -hmm. I had uh, actually a social justice warrior trolling one of my podcasts a few weeks ago because I mentioned social justice warriors and some individuals on the comment section actually, because I'm too old school, I'm out of touch with like the way that these trolls operate and they just alluded to me, hey Jason, this individual is just trolling you, like they're mm. trying to, the social justice warriors just pretending to, you know, be in accord with Taoism and it's like that social First of all, social justice, warrior, the three words don't equate to Taoism. 
doesn't make any, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. sense. It's, it's the complete opposite of Taoist yes. thinking or, or it's the complete opposite of the way of nature. Yeah. You know, let's be clear here. When we're talking about Taoism, we're talking about the way of nature. When we're talking about social justice warriors or we're talking about political correctness, we're talking about a moralistic path which is based on standards created by people and created by groups of people within society. It's not natural. It's self-interested. Right. You have an agenda. You have a system of beliefs that you want to defend. Even political correctness, that two words is so contradicting itself. Yeah. Politics is based on control. Mm. Control is against nature. Yeah. Nature is not to control. Exactly. Correctness, how do you make something uh, fundamentally... Um, unnatural mm. to make it correct. How how is it possible? Sounds confusing. Like, it? It's just that's why <laughs> when I heard that um, term first time, like it's just an awkward awkward um, mix. Yeah, mix. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is an awkward mix. Yeah, political correctness is politically incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> You know, to as to use Osho's words. That's what Osho said. Not not that I support Osho in any sense, but <laughs> but he did say some funny things, mm. and it was funny when he said that. He said, "Like I'm politically incorrect," because again, he was attacked right in the eighties by the social justice warriors of that time. Because you know, right. he he countercultural movement. Yeah, yeah, because he did have some outrageous mm. ideas, and mm. there was a bit of a cult that was built. Not a bit of a cult. There was a cult that was built around him, and so forth and so on. But it, it, it is what it is, you know. Again, we, the, social, the politically correct people and the social justice warriors step up and they'll call anyone out that doesn't, that doesn't uh, you know, doesn't equate to their way of thinking. Yeah. They will call anyone out yeah. that, hey, you can't say that. And so why can't I say that? Mm-hmm. Actually, the, the, the people who do speak out against certain stupidity like, against political correctness and that are the ones that actually cause fundamental change. I mentioned Jordan Peterson earlier, right? Jordan Peterson constantly pulls apart how ridiculous political correctness is. And, and he, was a, he was a target of social justice warriors way back in the day. And again, you don't have to agree with him. But you also don't have to criticise the man and throw him under the bus and think that you're right in doing so and you're pious in doing so. He's still an individual. He's still a human being that needs to be respected and needs to mm-hmm. be loved and that as well. Mm-hmm. You acting this way is only going to contribute mm-hmm. to someone's mm-hmm. bad mental health. That kind of reaction toward Jordan Peterson itself is very actually inhumane, isn't it? Yeah. Very lack of um, empathy. Yeah. yeah. Lack of empathy, lack yeah. of understanding. Yes. And I know that a lot of those people in the social justice warrior movement are young people. But I remember being that young, and I remember I had idealistic mentalities as well. Like we all, we all kind of do when we're late teens, early twenties. But it wasn't to the degree that it is now, and I think that that's that that's being contributed to by social media because mm. people can freely exchange ideas and so forth and so on. People can pretend to be as loud as they want, and all they're doing is trying to attract attention and they're trying to cause drama. And again, that's a that's a flaw in the human psychology where you're trying to create drama instead of harmony these social justice warriors should be asking themselves what i'm going to do today the protests i'm going to attend in my actions are they contributing to more harmony or more conflict Mm. so morality leads to immorality 
And that's what Lao Tzu highlighted, right? That's why Taoism is amoral. It's beyond an understanding of rightness and wrongness. It's beyond an understanding of good and bad. It knows that that separation creates its opposite and creates actually conflict within the world, creates artificial boundaries that don't exist. These boundaries we've all created don't exist, you know. And I'm not just talking about nationalistic boundaries. I mean psychological boundaries we've created around ourselves. That's more so. More so. Mm. And that's more so important, right? Actually, the nationalistic boundaries just become a psychological boundary in your mind, you know. Yeah, it creates so too much labels and and identities. Yes, which creates too many uh, separations that builds a massive wall higher than um, Great Wall. Yeah. <laughs> in your mind, <laughs> right? Yeah. And Lao would say, in letting go of those, the walls come down, and you begin to embrace the oneness of reality. You begin to embrace your brothers and sisters, not by trying to, but by letting go of your concepts of this and that, as Zhuangzi would say. You know, then you begin to uh, evoke real love for one another, evoke this universal love that Confucius was talking about. But Confucius is talking about cultivating it, you know, just like, yeah. like all of the moralistic paths. Mm. And so you break that down. And, you know, like, let's look at America, for example. America is one of the places in the world that's really highlighted morality and how especially how Americans should be with each other and so forth and so on. And then there's a big focus. Americans tell themselves this, that they are the land of the free. And you hear these common terms like, oh, the president is the leader of the free world. But then you see everything that's happening in America. Mm. Actually, when you say a term like a leader of the free world, it doesn't make sense because a free world has no leader. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yep. You know, Mm. so... But it's ironic, right? Because in America, even though you know you and I we love America, and, and I guess most people do, but when you when Americans are creating an, an impossible standard for themselves, they have what they have now. There's a lot of conflict within America at the moment, and it's be, and it's because of that they've created an impossible standard to live up to, mm. thinking that they're the pinnacle of the world and mm. thinking that everyone should be focusing on them. But there's many people around the world and people have their own problems. They can't, we all mm. can't be focused on America. Mm. You know I mean, there's things happening in Bangladesh that a lot of Americans probably don't know about, happening in Nepal, happening mm. in you know, Uganda that people don't know about. Mm. And you and I know about. Mm. But so why should we all be looking this way? Yeah. You know, so again, that is one of the great places that could, could embrace Taoist thinking because then you could get you could get rid of these impossible standards mm. and these this mentality of morality yeah and that's what you see a lot with the mass media in, in america not just america but in the whole world where the mass media is driving a mentality of morality so they're constantly always showing you look look at these bad guys look at this or look at these troublemakers and so they're constantly impregnating you with morality kind of giving you this schism in your mind of what is right and what is wrong well i see that more morals come into the society mm. the higher the fear becomes yes uh, right yes like the, they've become f- more fearful about something so that they need more morals yeah 
Like it's just, it's <laughs> yeah. it just that's just how it goes. Where more morals go, where the fear goes. Yeah. Yeah. that's what I felt when we visited America that mm. time. These people, like some of the most friendly people you've ever met, mm. right? <laughs> but they're so I felt so scared of something. Mm. Like, yeah, there's an artificial threat out there. Somewhere. Yes. Yeah. I know that a lot of things happen to the country and whatnot, but they also happen to other countries too, right? Around the world. All around the world. Some countries had worse, right? Way worse. Yeah. Mm. So, but the people that had that, like, uh, deeply embedded the fear in mm. them, something I've found it really odd, you know. And yeah, speaking of morality, especially in America, it happens around the world the same, but I feel America is much stronger. Mm. Because there's th that strong um, um, social concepts and status, and mm. and they and the mass media promote that very highly mm. over anything, mm. and mm. so that and people follow that, and not to blame people because they themselves are unaware of a lot of things, mm. right? Mm. They just get to see uh, what the media promotes and. Yes. So that they just follow that um, morals and ethics and rules and regulations and whatnot, and then they naturally support it because th that that's what it seems to be right, mm. right? Mm. And but that's to create more fear, more um, separation with one another, and no more division. Mm. Not just not just America and the other co other countries within America as well, like. Uh, mm. We've seen so much poverty in America. It was a bit shocking. Like we were like, this is worse than Thailand. There's yeah. some areas are like well, like downtown Los Angeles, it felt like it was worse than Calcutta. Yeah, it in was India. like some of the felt like slums in Calcutta yeah. or yeah. Mumbai. Yeah. Like, but you don't see that on the news, do you? Exactly. You don't see that area. Exactly. But that's the other flip side of this um, strong moralistic country yeah. that we abandoned. There's an, there's an ugly side. Yeah. That we abandon those those um, people that mm. we, they really need a good care. You mm. know? They need help. Yeah. And again, that's what what uh, Lao Tzu said in the Tao Te Ching when you you mentioned it earlier. When you once you define what's beautiful, you just in uh, simultaneously create what's ugly. Yes. But that's that's the, um, the good example for somewhere like mm. America. We see those shiny things and um, what they bring to the world and mm. whatnot, mm. but nobody really pay attention to that, the other side of it. And that's why that gap becomes just ever reaching and higher and bigger and bigger and larger and larger. Yeah. I don't know how they can create a bridge between it, or even they don't even worry about it. I, I don't know. Just got to blow it up and start over again. But, but that, I mean, the social structure. Yeah, and, that's what I mean. Know, that I mean, might be the only way. Yeah. You keep thinking, uh, what could be the good solution, this and that. But it'll all become a Band-Aid solution. It had been. Mm. They all had been that way. Mm. So... Yeah. Yeah. That that fear and and that it, it leans into the individualist individualistic psychology, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have America being the pinnacle of individualism, instantly when you have a, a cognitive style that is individualistic, you instantly create self-interest and self-preservation. You're self-interested, but you're also trying to preserve your self-interest. You're trying to preserve yourself. Mm. And your, and your status within society. 
and you are wary of anyone else who is who is out there that may conf- conflict with your way of life or way of thinking. Yeah. And so that's, you know, when we look at it from a cognitive science perspective, that is actually one of the detriments of a focus on individualism is it in- inherently creates conflict because not just nations in conflict, it's individual people in opposition to each other. Right. You know, so you have a whole country. There's like 350 million people in America, and it's under the illusion of the United States of America. But everyone is separate. Everyone has their own different uh, way of thinking. Not because uh, of uh, you know certain conditioning and this and that, but it's because of the focus on individualism. Mm. You ought to be this person. You got to be like you know you know go out there and do it yourself and this all promotes this sense of separation from the society in the illusion that it's a united society but what do we see in asia we see united societies without the illusion of a united society because they are more they come from the holistic cognition rather than the analytic cognition. So you have more of a collectivist mm. perspective, which in itself can be negative too, because like somewhere like China can take on board things like communism and Marxism, and they can be manipulated. But intrinsically for the society itself, people in general, you know, we mentioned Thailand and India and this and that, people in general will just help each other out out of their own accord. And there isn't that... Uh, stiffness to being an individual and then you don't have this heightened sense of self-interest and self-preservation that's a survival men- mentality right that's a that's a that's an evolutionary mentality that actually has to be eradicated and Taoism's about uh, evaporating those boundaries in us so we can merge with the greater world how, in, in however way you will. It doesn't mean you have to go out there and, you know, like we've mentioned in this thing, be this moralistic person because that doesn't drive you. Mm. The moralism is driven in some sense from an individualistic mentality because you're trying to prop yourself up based on whatever the, the ethics and the morals are of that, the standards of that society that you live in. I think a lot of, what a lot of people get it wrong in America is that like you mentioned about the free world thing, mm-hmm. right? They, a lot of people over there are very proud of being American because it's a land of free world. Mm. That's what they think. Mm-hmm. But their sense of free world being you do whatever you want to do, yep. you think whatever you want to think, mm. and nobody else has a say mm. to that. And you basically can do whatever the hell... You want to do in mm. your life. Mm-hmm. That's how people um, usually think of what the freedom is. Mm-hmm. So that um, in within the country, they support that, and that only enhances the extreme individualistic mind. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of inevitable to come to inevitable to have a conflict with yeah, one sure, another, right? Yeah. But that's false sense of freedom. We know that. That's not freedom. That's not freedom. No. That's much more to do with selfishness and self-interest, mm. right? Freedom is freedom from one's mind. That's real freedom. 
the real freedom is to demolish that idea of free world, right? <laughs> of course, yeah. Like to, to because that that again is a moral. That again is a, a that again is a standard. Yes, that take they they take that as a, their morals, so that they live up to that. Mm. But that leads to the conflict conflict with, yeah. with one another. So they they can't be. You can't have the solution. There is no solution to that. No. Well, if Lao Tzu became the president of the, of the United States, he'd be saying, uh, <laughs> you have to dissolve the person. Let go of You it. have to let go of yourself yes. to experience freedom. Yeah. You have to let go of yourself to be beneficial to the world. Mm. If you're enhancing yourself and you're trying to prop yourself up above other people, then you're only going to get pecked at by society. You're only going to be... Yeah, right. You know, so to not incur harm on yourself and others, you need to dissolve yourself and dissolve all of these illusions that there is a so-called free world according to your own perspective. Yeah, that's right. So you have to go in the opposite direction. And in the opposite direction is is frightening because that's where the individual doesn't exist. And that's Eastern philosophy, right? So that's where the individual doesn't exist. And it's completely frightening, not just for America, it's frightening for anyone in the world. Because we are living in and have been influenced by America and and European ideas, and so you ought to be someone, right? You ought to do this and that, but it's based on an illusion. It's based on a, an ethical structure of morals mm. and a standard that mm. is it's impossible to live up to, and they're they're actually incorrect. You know, to use that word, they they're, they're not right. That's to completely disregard different diversity yeah. in society. Yeah. Is what you think of what's right is what's right to you. Yes. Might not be for others. No. No. But because of the sake of your own freedom, mm, mm, mm. somehow you have all rights to exercise what you think it's right. Yeah. That's that's not no. not a not a mature no. um, action. Well, what's one of the common comments I get from people? You know, people get they get agitated online. They 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 think they don't think before they they comment and stuff like that. You know, I don't understand that world. But the what's one of the most common things when people have like, say for example, people who come across my channel are interested in Eastern philosophy and spirituality. But when you and I give them the straight dope. It gets uncomfortable mm. because from the Taoist perspective, right? Say if there's something going on, let's like Amer- Americans have a lot of uh, big problems with a lot of the laws and the ethics in, in the Middle East, right? And so because one society is Christian, one society is, is Muslim. And so they're of the belief that the Christian mentality and morals and ethics is the way, right? And so when they see what happens in, in a, a Muslim country, it conflicts with their way of thinking. And what, as anyone who is familiar with our channel knows, that um, Taoism, Buddhism, Hinduism have no interest in interfering with what's going on over there. Even if it's so grotesque, you can't, you can't even imagine. But that's what's happening there. It's got nothing to do with you. That's how they do things. We follow the path of interference, and in following the path of interference, all things 
come into harmony. But when you're following the path of interference, of conflict, you can only, it can only lead to more conflict and more suffering. Does it mean that some people won't? Uh, does it mean some people won't be, uh, you know, unnecessarily killed or you know things that we none of us would agree with? Of course, those things happen around the world. They're happening without the media looking at them as well. The media only show you a little slither of what's happening in life. What are you going to do? Are you going to go around and fight everyone's fight? Are you going to go around and, and, and oppose everyone's viewpoint? And that's a, and that's where people you know get it, get scared with Eastern philosophy because it's amoral. Lao Tzu saying, "Why would you go and fight that battle?" What triggers you to think that you need to do something yeah, about yeah. it? Who's made you the the law? Who made you the law to go over to Iraq or whatever and say that this is the way it should be? You see? And that's where morality kills the world. Nietzsche had a, had a really great quote on morality, and I'm not even going to try paraphrasing it, but it, but it, was, but it was something along those lines, like, kind of like morality, you know, the, the, the ethics of idiots or something like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> like making fun of like people who... Who were like that? It was kind of like in a very Zhuangzian way, mm. and so like if you look at, for example, if you look at India, right? So you, majority of India is Hindu, and tell me a war where the Hindus went around the world, blowing the world up. They got invaded. They got invaded. They never and then invade. They, they never invade. Mm. They got invaded and they then accepted. Yeah, they. In the end, they embraced it. Yeah. The uh, Islam, right? When yeah. the Mughal Empire yeah, of course, yeah. took over India, um, yeah, they embraced it. They embraced it, and what King Ashok became him uh, a Buddhist, 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 yeah, Buddhist monk. Yeah, yeah. Buddhist monk. Yeah. yeah. The whole place is Taoist. <laughs> That's why you and I love India because India is probably the most Taoist country in the world because it's just a forest. It's just wild, yeah. in the best sense of the word. It's yeah. wild. It's not. It's not so strict with rules and regulations. People are following their own path and in life, and mm. you know, I know that there's the Hindu Dharma there, but that's a good thing there. It's yes. a, it's a it's a way of life. It's a culture, yes. Yes. you know. Mm. It's a very rich culture, mm. and so, and when we look at India, like you said, like when Islam invaded mm. India, it I know that you know, obviously there's been conflict between Hindus and Muslims for for a while, but it's on and off. You know what I mean? It's not all the time. And the places that you and I have been to, even when we lived in Varanasi, there's a lot of Muslims actually in Varanasi and everyone's all cool. We go to the Muslim area, the Hindu area, and then everyone's all good. You know, everyone's, you go to the Muslim area, you want a certain type of food, you know what I mean? You go to the Hindu area, you want a certain type of food. and But they're all Indians and they're all really great people, you know. What makes India the way it is, which is a beautiful country, is because of that reason. Mm-hmm. They embraced everything. Yeah. Like uh, when we were in Calcutta, for example, mm. because it's so close to Bangladesh, there's a lot of a large, um, big community mm. of um, Muslims there. Mm. And like five times a day, uh, this... Um, yeah, the salam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The alarm goes on with, from the uh, mosques. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it, it brings so much uh, charm to the place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Richness. Richness. Mm. And uh, there is no conflict. Like, uh, I mean, Hindus, Indians know what they're doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
there is no conflict whatsoever. It just no, no. and well, that's what uh, Gandhi made. Uh, I mean, that's what made Gandhi so great. Yeah, of course. That he practiced ahimsa. Yeah, of course. Which is non-violent, non-violent um, path. Hmm. When the, um, the pretty much war going on between Hindu and yeah. uh, Muslims mm-hmm. back then, when he was alive, and he fasted for a very long time, and yeah, for sure. all he wanted was just to live with one another. That's all along, he wanted. Along. Just get along, get along to, to yeah. be be friends with one another. Yeah. Stop fighting. Yeah. That's all he wanted. Well, in Australia, what do you have? You have like just get along, or you have this guy's carrying on. So, uh, so, so someone who's carrying on is acting like someone who's trying to interfere with things yeah. and making a song and dance, mm. we would say in Australia. But, yeah. some, but just, just, just get along. Yes. Just get along. Yeah. It's not that hard. Yes. It's easier to be nice mm. than to be a prick. Mm. It's much easier. Why not just get along? Yeah. That was Gandhi's mentality. Let's just get along. Like, yeah, I know. I know that there's a past of where the Muslims invaded India and, and there may be some Hindus who are still are angry about that. And there are also maybe some Muslims who were angry about the way they were treated during certain periods of time. But let's just, let's just squash the beef. Let's just get along, you know? <laughs> like, so, again, it's just a path of non-interference. It's a path of, like, just accepting each other and accepting the differences and realising that there's actually a beauty in that. And that's, to, that's the clear evidence there that how just... Nature itself can be an ultimate govern, government. Government, yeah. yeah. That's the way of nature. Just like, yeah. just like India. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, like for example, like around the world, or even in India, for example, people get annoyed with Christians because of missionaries. They're not annoyed with Christianity itself, and a lot of Christians don't understand this. And why are they annoyed with missionaries? Because it's completely undaoist. Mm. Because a missionary is out on the street mm. passing out their pamphlets and putting on all of their music, music and, and trying to you know, say that this is the moral path that you need to follow to find God and so forth and so on. And, and Hindus kind of, you know, you know <laughs> not really scoff, but they're like, yeah, no, so that's all good. We like what you do, mm. but we have our thing. Mm. And I don't know why you're here, like, trying to force your... Right. You know, force your way of... They're not against them. They're not against but them. But they just don't understand why they try to convert, influence other people. Yeah. Mm. Well, there's more Christians in India than there are in Australia. Yeah. You know what I mean? To put it in perspective. I mean, there's not really that many in Australia. But, mm. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's like... what, Like, yeah, mm. Christianity is great. Mm. But why are you pushing it around other mm. people? Like, are you, are you paranoid about having enough followers or... <laughs> Like, true. you know what I mean? That's like, true. are you coming to India because it's poor and, and there's, are, yeah. are you interested in demographic swamping? Mm. Like, are, are you... Is it political? Is it political? Yeah. Like, what's your deal? You know what I mean? Like, mm. as I've mentioned on the podcast before, we had that experience in Nepal where the Christians were there and they were basically telling the Nepalese that they were going to hell for following uh, Shiva and, and Buddha. And it was one of the... Most, the grossest things I've ever seen in my life because you're, you're condemning a people for their culture and their evolution based on your that's own... That's so ignorant. It's so ignorant, you know. And so that's completely the path of interference. Yeah, that's the path of interference. And so if you are, want to follow the path of nature, the path of Tao, you're not interested in being a missionary. You're not interested in 
and trying to influence other people with your way of thinking, which is what our point is. And, and that's where morality is violent, see? Your morality is based on a system and you're trying to influence other people and that is an act of violence. Mm-hmm. That's why it's immoral. Mm-hmm. And in speaking about violence, so we need to think about, like we've always mentioned, the, the tenets of the morality that we follow, right? So let's, if we look at Immanuel Kant, right? So one of the you know, more famous philosophers and his model of ethics and morals and part of his system. And you know, the, the funny thing with Kant is Kant believed that his ethics and morals are, are, are universal mm. and they can't be changed. It's just the way things are. And it's really ridiculous when you think about it because when you look at his system of morals and ethics, you can tell it's from a a time and place and a culture that doesn't equate to where we are now. So if we look at uh, a few of the tenets, like we look at sex and we look at, what's a couple of the other ones? We look at uh, uh, servants, death penalties, and even uh, the killing of babies. Say when we look at sex, right, he would say that naturally and moralistically, man and woman is the way. That's that's the natural way. And the unnatural way, and this is like this is Kant's ethics, right? His morality, is that homosexuals are in line with someone who has sex with with animals. So they're in that category. And also in that category are uh, premarital and extramarital sex. So if you're having sex before marriage and you're having sex with another person while you're married, then you're in that category as well. And so those people are immoral. But only... And so do you see that, that that's, a, that's slight Christian indoctrination too, right? So being married and, and, and so forth and so on is moral according to Kant. And these are, again, as you said, universal, and they will never, they're never unwavering, according to Emmanuel. And then on top of that, you have servants, right? So for servants, you have, it is your right to own a servant like you own a thing. Oh. Yeah. This is part of his moral and ethics. And it is your right, your ethical duty, if that, if that servant disobeys you it is your right to hunt them down and do as you please and this is no lie this is no lie and this is and then on top of that and you will see the the hypocrisy and the falsity of Kant's ethics and morality is when you look at then his opinion of the death penalty right where he looks at the death penalty as something that's great and in like because he's saying that murderers need to be dealt with right and none of us, most of us would obviously not disagree with him on that sentiment. Like murderers needed to be dealt with and probably best of, if they're out murdering people, you can't just leave them in society and so forth and so on. And so that's why Kant really supports the, the death penalty. But the hypocrisy comes when it comes to the fourth one I mentioned, the killing the babies, where he believes that if a lady has uh, gives birth to a baby out of wedlock, 
so she's not married she's a, you know she yeah. then it's her responsibility to kill that kill that baby so see so you see on one side of the spectrum he's saying murderers ought to get be killed but then he's ordering single mothers to kill their babies and that's okay and that, this is this is universal I don't know. That sounds pretty stuff up. Um. But uh, but of course, that's the immorality of Kant's ethics. Mm. See, in trying to create his own morals, he created an immoral system, mm. and a lot of people believe in that. And actually, when you look at Kantian philosophy and Kantian ethics and morality, that has influenced a lot of thinking since then. In the West. In the West, yeah. Mm. Not just him, you know. I mean, you got other guys like you got Hegel and guys like that, but. Mm. But he he has contributed to kind of the moral disposition of a lot of Western thinking. Right. Obviously, no one it would be in agreement with killing babies. I mean, that's pretty outrageous. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you look at some of the Abrahamic faiths and this and that, they would probably agree with a lot of the other ones he mentioned. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the servants one, but definitely mm-hmm. the, the death penalty. Yes. And also with mm. how homosexuals and people who have, who are into bestiality are in the same their own, their own spectrum, and the only w- way to have a relationship is man and woman, a heterosexual relationship. Sounds like Kantian um, morality is based on uh, Christian-based moral plus tyrannical <laughs> morals. <laughs> That's how it sounds like. That's how it sounds like, yeah. yeah. But that highlights the the hypocrisy of morality right it highlights that what we think of morality is constantly changing and it has to change because like look at that if we had kantian ethics now what the hell does the world look like i mean what is that what are our conversations you know what i mean because there are many single mothers there are a lot of murderers there are numerous homosexuals so what, what sort of world are we, would we live in? Yeah. It's almost, and again, that comes from the mind of one guy. Mm. You know, it's, and, and even his way of thinking comes from Christian thinking, it comes from Western thinking. So why should we take, why should the world take that on board as if that's, if that's true? Yeah. You know, and so that morality is constantly, like, for example, and a couple of hundred years time from now, people will probably look at the morality of our time and go, what the hell were they thinking? Mm. You know, what were they talking about? That would seem like they were loony, mm. you know. Way outdated. Way, way outdated. Mm. And that's because morality itself, it doesn't work. Yeah. And that's what Taoism saying. Morality itself doesn't work. Because if, if you unpack it, like we've spoke about many things in, this, in the podcast, is that it doesn't matter because it comes from someone else. It comes from a system. So who made them the law? And it's not natural. It's not based on nature. And if we look at the world naturally and us as a part of nature, we should be basing every, all of our actions and our societies and everything should be based on nature. And it's ironic, right, that we are in this kind of battle with nature. It's, it, I mean, it's almost like metaphorical. We're in this battle with nature, with you know, climate change and so forth and so on. Because we've followed a different path to nature. Mm-hmm. There is somewhat uh, literal and very superficial conflict with the humanity 
yeah. and nature. And nature, yeah. Mm. And we need to align with it. Yes. And follow its way. Yeah. What we need to know, it's, it's going to be a losing battle mm. regardless. Mm. Oh, yeah, always. Humanity wants its, its way. It's a losing battle. Nature always going to win. Yeah, of course, yeah. So might as well just forfeit the battle and mm. just give, give the W to um, nature. <laughs> <laughs> and, Ultimate champion. Yeah, and we follow because we are nature. That's just ridiculous. Nature's undefeated. <laughs> undefeated. <laughs> forever. Forever, yeah. <laughs> Humanity, we're, we, just, we only take the L. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it's a great point, right? So we have to realize that we are just a part of nature and actually a small part. Mm. And we have to get out of this illusion that, you know, we are never going to destroy the planet. Mm. We will go, as George Carlin said, we will go, but nature will go on. We shouldn't think too highly of ourselves. Nature will go on without humanity. Yeah. And it existed so many years before humanity was born. A lot longer than humanity had been around. Well, exactly. We haven't been around that long. Yeah. And we're, we're carrying on like we've been around since the Forever. dawn of time. No, no. No, no. It's not the way it not is. Not that, yeah. Humans are here to, you know, to experience this, the wonder of the universe as a part of it. You know, we are given that opportunity to be conscious of the beauty, but we're missing it because we're we're. we're Confused with the conditioning we have in our mind and this illusion of separation from nature, which then requires a morality. Once you're out of sync with nature, you require a morality. Mm. That's what Lao Tzu was saying. Like when we look at pre Confucian society, so if when we look at Taoist societies, there was no need for laws. And uh, as Robiger says to Confucius, we never had all these laws. We didn't need, um, we, didn't, we didn't have all of these uh, structures and this and that. And everyone got along. Everyone was harmonious. Because we didn't create all of these artificial boundaries. Because they didn't exist. In nature, they don't exist. They exist when you're trying to control nature and when you separate from nature. That's when morality begins. So you start to create large-scale societies, then you instantly have to create a morality because you're creating something that's not natural. Mm-hmm. And that's Lao Tzu's point to Confucius. And then you create the illusion of a external government, mm-hmm. not the natural government, which I talk about in Effortless Living. You know? So that illusion of that this external system is somehow moral and ethical and is going to teach you the way to live in accord with the Tao. But you can't induce the Tao. The Tao isn't something that you buy. Mm-hmm. It's already in your life. Mm-hmm. It's animating your life. Yes. It, uh, it's always there. It's always there. But we need to empty ourselves out mm. to allow it to mm. go through you. Yeah. That's how it is. It's always there. Yes. Mm. And we, our um, perspective is so polluted by a lot of um, things in society. Yes. So that we create too many boundaries and obstacles, mm. but it always had had been there, and it's there. It's just for us to choose to allow to govern your life. Exactly. Mm. 
Well, it's a big, uh, a big element of trust. Yeah. Where we, again, if we were, if we knew we were part of nature, we would trust each other and trust the world. Yeah. But because we divorce from nature, then we lack trust of each other because people become hypocritical, people become false, and then it's hard to trust each other because you've got fakers basically, and then you have pop culture and everything. You know what would be called the glib mm. back in the day, like Confucian glib, mm. as Chuang Tzu would say. You know, and and that's something we ought to avoid. But if you're too wound up in it, wound up in society, and wound up in morals, and wound up in a sense of entitlement and and social justice, then you'll never understand Taoism. And you're still influenced by an external structure. Right? You're still influenced by external systems. Not even government. You're, you're, you're influenced by external ideas mm. of what, sh- what is right and what is wrong mm. and so forth and so on. Yeah. Nature doesn't have right or wrong. Mm. You know, the true government, the natural government, as I mentioned in the effortless living, is trusting the world. It's allowing the world to be as it will. Yeah. And in trusting the world, then we begin to trust each other. But that's a, that's a responsibility we all have. That's what we all have individually. That's our responsibility towards each other. You have to really trust. Even the person who seems the most untrustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, we need to lower that individualism. Yeah. Mm. When we lower the individualism, then you allow, allow the nature to be part of your life. Mm then it'll just, that trust will come mm. and we will see and we will feel that things are pain, things are, are happening according to nature. Because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, yeah, nowadays that individualism is, I think, uh, way too much. It's too strong. Too strong. They create too much conflict with one another, mm. too much petty competitions going on. But once we can lower it and just clear up our mind a little bit, mm. and it just dissolves a lot of the that um, the separation within ourselves. And we, when we purely embracing, embrace everything and accepting everything. Mm then that trust will come and then you'll be able to see it. it it's okay. Like things mm. are actually okay without, mm. without our voice. It actually doesn't need anyone's voice really no. because it just does its thing. Yeah. And that's completely fine. That's organic, natural. Mm. Mm. Well, think about it this way. And this is what a lot of social justice warriors and people in general don't really think about. People are going around trying to bring justice and so forth and so on to other people and trying to interfere with other people. But that's only been an effect of having mass media. Mm. We've only had mass media for not that long. So before that, things were happening in other countries that you didn't know about. Things were happening in in your your neighboring city that you didn't know about. Because there was no radio, there was likely no newspaper, and everyone was fine and dandy. Yeah. No problems. I mean, there may be problems in other places, but in your immediate world, there was no problem. Mm. And there was no impulse for you to go out there and and change the world. That's all been a response of mass media. 
And like I mentioned earlier, like the social justice warrior movement in the modern day is heightened because of social media. Definitely. Not just mass media are fueling this now. Then you've got other people fueling it. And then you've got this bushfire going on that just it's never going to get under control because people are going about bringing justice, their version of justice, the wrong way. That's what we're saying go backwards. You're going forwards and you're marching forward and you're being violent and you're tr- causing conflict where we need to go back. Yes. Because all injustice, if we look at it, if, if we believe there is injustice, was created by having that separate separatist mindset of them versus us and so forth and so on. We need to get rid of that. Yes. How are you going to bring injustice by having the same mindset? You know, like all of these protests and this and that, they, they actually have the same mindset of us versus them. Can't work. Can't work because it has to be understanding. Have understanding, we have to come together. We can't be aggressive. We can't be violent. We can't believe in the labels that we have. You are not your religion, your race, your sex, or your gender. Fundamentally, you're not. And that's the truth. Like you mentioned, like, like let's say 100, 200 years ago, we didn't have radio, nothing, right? Mm. So that we we just had to um, take care of our immediate family and your immediate reality. Then radio came about, mm. and then television came about, and we get to hear what's going on in other world, right? Mm-hmm. And other part of the country. Yeah. And once television came in, we actually got to see visually, mm. visually, as well. And then that was the only kind of a source of media. Mm. But yeah, now is almost like extreme, the heightened media platform, including social media, so that you don't need to really need to pay attention to the news or whatsoever. Mm. You just need to go and see Facebook feed. Yeah. You already know what's going you already on. Know, yeah. And and whoever individual put the post up, you get to see those posts and you um, agree or you disagree. Mm. Whether you agree or disagree is actually doesn't really matter. The fact is that you're ob- ob- uh, absorbing it. Yeah. That's the problem. That's the problem, yeah. You get to hear so many voices and too many information goes into your head. Information, whether that's good or not good, just information itself, right? And that to distract your mind so much. That's why we are so distracted Mm. than ever, Mm. right? Mm. And any social media, Instagram, Twitter, you name it, 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 it's con... it just distracting you. It's mm. constant distraction, mm. and that's to interfere with the, your own thoughts, mm. your own um, mind, and that only does harm to you. It doesn't benefit your life in any way, yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Like you said, the inf- the information overload itself is the problem. Yes. Like just ten years ago, we never had the amount of information yeah. we had now. Mm. Our, our, mind, our, our mind is incapable of handling that amount of information. We're not designed, we're not digital, we're analogue. We're not designed to program and digest and assimilate that amount of information. Mm. It's never been the way yeah. and it will never be the way. Mm. The reason why a lot of people are suffering from depression, anxiety, 
all sorts of mental health issues in some senses because of the information overload. You're overloading your nervous system with a bunch of nonsense. And what that does then, it evokes certain mentalities within you where you, you know, you'll get angry or you might get extremely sad. Mm -hmm. It's pulling at your heartstrings. It's pulling at your emotions Mm -hmm. and your feelings. But if you didn't have it, Shanti. Yeah, you're fine. It it drains you. It drains your energy so much so that it just like you, you can't even function properly. That's to cause anxiety and depression and panic attacks and whatnot, right? right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a failure of a, your psychology, basically. But when you don't have it, we basically don't have phones that has no. all these apps no, and no. whatever. Oh, nonsense. <laughs> But yeah, like it just—that's just blessing yeah. for us. Yeah. Well, we've got friends that have never had a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and they're all good. Mm. They're still alive. Mm. And they don't even know. If you say to them, oh, "I retweeted this," they'd be like, they, "It's hard for them to understand because mm. they, they don't understand the concept well, of a retweet." Yeah. Well, what is that? What does that? Or do? I shared this on Facebook. I don't. What does that even mean? Yeah. Like, because yeah, that's right. <laughs> you, know, a, you know, you know, I mean, because it's different reality. Different reality, mm. and so. And, and a lot of those people are really shanty because they haven't been introduced to this mm. toxicity of social media mm. where it's just noise. Mm. It's just a people's opinions and noise and so forth and so on and an informational overload. And a lot of people ask me privately, how do you get, you know, you write, you write so many books, you're, con- you're consistent on YouTube and this and that. How do you do that? Well, I don't look at the Facebook feed. I don't scroll Twitter. I don't do that. I put the post out. I get the hell off as quick as possible or I reply to the things that have been directed towards me. And if I want to see what my friends are up to and peers and in writing and in Eastern spirituality, I will actually type their name in to see what they've been up to and contribute to whatever dialogue that they've got going there. But I'm not going to sit there and just scroll mindlessly. Like I, I, I can't understand like, you know, you and I have seen this many times. We've been on a bus or something and someone will sit there for the whole bus trip just looking at Instagram. That's a lot of people, though. Yeah, I know. Mm. But it's quite amazing because all you're doing is you're, you're mindless, first of all. You get anxious. Eh? I get anxious. I get anxious looking at it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I get anxious watching people looking at the phone. Because even the speed of the screen and like... Oh, yeah, yeah, Like yeah. it actually... Because your eyes are not meant to process that much information that quick. So it brings a lot of anxiety naturally because you and I don't do that. So when we see it, it's like, oh, man, like that's... Mm. It's overwhelming, like... You feel like you're going to have a panic attack when you see people doing that. Too much, yeah. But we never had that informational overload, you know. And so the reason why I can get a lot of things done is because I'm not, like you were mentioning, the information and that is not, all this information is not going into my mind, distracting me from what has to be done. You know, my passion is to teach Eastern philosophy and spirituality and also learn and be a student myself. And I've been doing that for a long time and this is what I love. And if that's what I do and our life together personally, I have no other time for... Already too much on the plate. There's already too yeah. much on the plate. Like, yeah. I can't care what Kim Kardashian is up to. I can't care. I can't <laughs> care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have no I remember years ago when my friend said, ah, oh, well, Russell Brand and I think her name is Katy Perry. See, I didn't even know, really know her name. And my mate's like, what about those two? And I'm like... Just different, and he was flabbergasted. He was like, "You don't know. You don't know who they are." I was like, "Should I know who they are? Like, is it important?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's important. Do you know who Swami Savapriyananda is? And he looks at you like that, and it's like, Mm -hmm. "That's more of a problem." Mm -hmm. 
that you don't know who he is. Yeah. Because those two won't contribute to anything. Swami Sava Priyananda, on the other hand, mm. yeah. you're going to enrich your life. Mm. And that's the thing. So if you're too much into that pop culture, then you're completely gone. You know, you're completely gone. And so a part of the information is this heightened sense of morality. And so that becomes the problem yeah, mm -hmm. for a lot of people. And that's what actually contributes to people becoming social justice warriors and becoming too pious. And Eastern spirituality is the complete opposite of morality. And that's what we need to understand. Mm -hmm. So I think we covered it pretty well, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I, we love talking about amorality. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, they don't understand it, right? Yeah. They just don't understand it. Even when we talk to people privately about it, they, they can't get out of it. See, it's about trying to get out of the idea of good and bad. Yeah. Those are too much information going on in the social media creates, I think, also a lot of hurt, you know. Yeah, like yeah herd mentality. Yeah, herd mentality. Following what that person put up the post, I think that's... that. I agree with that, and some people say I disagree with that. And... There are already enough voices out there, but they create more voice and mm. create more unheard. Mm, of course, yeah. So yeah, it just it meant not to work. And again, don't overestimate yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like I always say, like people are on social media constantly, and they're constantly saying, oh, "I don't." How many times do I get it on my podcast, on our podcast, and and on my videos mm. where they say, oh, "I don't agree with what you said there." That's okay. That's okay. I don't even know you personally. And like I'm not making content so that you agree with me. Yeah, exactly. And That's not the point. And in general, there's only usually one person. <laughs> so what I would do if I was the one person who disagreed was evaluate my opinion. Mm. Because if majority, if 99% of the people are in, agree and are in agreement with what I'm saying, mm. is there something wrong with me? Mm. You see? Mm. And I don't understand the mentality to quickly comment because i don't comment on videos apart from my own videos mm. so i've seen i have watched youtube videos before i don't agree with the person but I, I don't have any impulse to go oh like i got a comment last week was and i get i get this sort of trolley comment every now and again um and pe people have this tendency i don't know if it's become a habit this troll tendency where people say oh i would um reevaluate what you said there or or, or i would take that down and put something better up if I was you. And it's like, mm, why and who are you, mm -hmm. first of all? Mm. Exactly. And, you know, so like that habit of people saying things like that to other people as if they're an authority on what you're saying. You're not even looking at yourself. Like, mm. why am I, you know? So like you can either trust me as some sort of authority on eastern philosophy and spirituality because this is what i do this is my job or not it's up to you it doesn't matter i would say this to the person if you're that keen just make a reaction video to it <laughs> just do something about it yeah. i don't know yeah, like, yeah. if you you want to be heard that bad do something about it yeah yeah and i think that a lot of people out there who are on youtube who are creators especially suffer from this because there's people that are just say things offhanded and are, and are rude and not well-mannered. Mm. But, it, but it affects other people. You need to remember that. Definitely, definitely. We can't just think that this social media world is different to the real world. It's not. Got to be a bit more sensitive yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. And that's why someone like Dev Duke Patnaik gets annoyed because he's like, he does, 
he he is an authority on mythology. <laughs> yeah. And if you can't understand that, then you you just don't get it. Like because right. You know, you just don't get it. He is an authority on mythology. You can't just keep disagreeing with him because it conflicts with your values and your beliefs. Hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway, good podcast. Yep. Hope you guys all enjoyed. And remember, morality has nothing to do with Eastern philosophy, especially not Taoism, because these are amoral paths where we're following the path of least resistance to come into harmony with something much greater than ourselves, which actually benefits the whole world. So enjoy, and we'll see you guys next week.